Well, here we are. Back after over half a year, almost a whole year since there's regular episodes. There's virtually almost no races as we knew them, and truthfully, there's been fewer events to cover than ever before. But again, here we are. So, why? Well, when I started this podcast years ago, it was to talk with runners and really quench a curiosity for information from the best in the country. As a running fan, I had questions that weren't being answered, and I knew I wasn't alone. After taking an extended break this year, I found myself with questions again. Friend of the show, Farah Abdul Karim, absolutely killed it at the Music City Distance Carnival 5000, setting a meet record, kicking down Ben Flanagan for a PB of 1337, and the Ole Miss Ottawa Lion was repping a new group on a singlet, Westfall Athletics, with some truly unique, revealing, and entertaining YouTube content to boot. So I dusted off the old microphone and had an insightful conversation with Farah, one where he talks about the ups and downs, his future in the sport, Tokyo 2021, being a student of the sport, and who he watches and looks up to. Truthfully, this is one for everyone training hard, looking for results in this great sport. Ferris got this cool confidence of someone who is destined to do great things, and you can tell, this is just the beginning. But for now, here he is in September of 2020, just after watching the Brussels Diamond League World Records. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, and my name is Michael Rogas. All right, so I mean, like we we have a whole bunch to to talk about, um, you know, wh- whether it be running in California or you know running in Nashville, but you know, we're we're just joining each other just a- after you know a couple of world records just went down and, and the Diamond League. You know, there's some some good Canadian content there as well. Wow, what did you think of those races, man? Uh, today, I mean, man, it was just I'm had to go through because i'm in arizona right now so i had to go through like a whole different proxy and stuff because they only allow like you have to buy you know races it's not like free over here um and so i've tuned into like stefanisan running away from uh, i think bridget cost guy and it was like it was just crazy because i mean i think they said something about like bridge cost guy has never done a competitive track race i was like what yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, usually move up to the marathon because she's a marathon world record holder. Mm-hmm. And apparently she just never competed actually on the track. So um, hearing that and then just, you know, knowing Stefan Hassan has, like, this insane speed, it was like you would you would see these bursts of, like, energy from Koskai and then Stefan Hassan would take it back. And, and that was really cool. And then you just, like, they were so far under the world record by halfway. It was just like, yeah, this is probably going to go down. And, and the fact that Bridget had already run faster through that hour in her world in her marathon uh world record the, the year before or something like that so so just like okay this is definitely gonna go down and then uh to see i think there was a thousand meter uh women's race right that mm-hmm. uh that like they were going for the world record and she was actually further away than when she raced in monaco because she didn't even realize in monaco that she was close to the world record um and then and then yeah and then mo Farah and bashir Abdi, that was that was super cool just like those are two other Somalian guys and they're always really cool people to look up to um for me i think and and they've been training together like best friends whatever in like since july and like samuel Litz. so i mean they were it, that was a little closer to highly giver slassy like you know highly giver slassy is like superhuman so you had that uh that weird um visual of the world record right there and it was like they had this like basically hologram being superimposed onto the track and 
and it was just cool to see like okay this is how close they are and, and to see like two people go under it in the in the women's and then another two guys go under in the men's is like dude what are people on right now you know like, what is this <laughs> doing <laughs> man and, and we were talking a little bit about this before as well too but like especially the the whole one hour race uh to me i mean like yeah sure we've always had like cross country where we saw you know some of the best of the roads versus some of the best on the tracks kind of kind of going at it but you know this this whole pandemic year has brought on the just this whole new you know like era of funny race distances and stuff you know i gotta ask you where do you think you're like if you could specifically pick a distance what would it be where is your strength right now do you think yeah Oh, like me? Yeah. Like like oh, maybe like a five miler on the track or something like that? Dude, I mean, I think it's just like, like I obviously uh, love the 5K and 10K, and I just, I just I, we'll talk about it later, but I bombed the 10K this last week um, in California. Um, but I've always saw myself as like the further it goes on, uh, kind of like the more I, able I am to be competitive in a race. And man five miles that'd be a lot of fun that's like that's like just over 8k 8k on on grass is a lot of fun because you're just like basically you get out so hot especially in NCAA you go out in like a 420 for you know go through like 800 the first 800 and like 215 213 or something like that so mm-hmm. so I know on the track it'd be super super fast but I mean five miles I'd be that'd be an insane race I think I think that'd be like death row for a lot of people uh especially like uh collegians that are a lot more close close in um in talent and and uh and training right now so, so that'd be definitely a lot of fun but i mean i'm, I'm sure i think i think a half marathon would be super cool to tackle probably not on a track but but that'd be i think that'd be a distance where it's like you can go into the 430s 440s uh per mile um but then it's also like if you go a little too fast then you could just completely blow up but you know it's like, it's like that edge of like this is super fast but this is also like comfortable and, and I, th- I think that's like a really cool thing to, to tackle whereas like a marathon's like a little too like okay you actually have to be ready for this distance and a 10k you actually have to be ready for for that super fast track effort but you know you're able to, to hit both those lines in a half marathon and that'd be really cool to tackle one day oh for sure for sure Hey, you know, just uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, you mentioned it. You ran thirteen thirty seven, brand new PB, meet record at the at the Music City Distance Carnival uh, in Nashville. Man, that 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 was such a, such a wild race. Uh, I mean, like I, I saw the highlights, um, you know, uh, in a video, which which we will definitely be talking about later. But uh, you know, it looked like uh, you know first first mile went out super quick. Uh, you slowed down only slightly for that for that second mile and just brought it home at the end. You know, walk yeah. walk me through that that race. I mean, like, what was that like from the perspective of you on the track? Oh man, um, it was really cool. Um, me and a couple of my buddies kind of put together uh, this like kit, and then we're trying to put together like a well, we have put together a YouTube page and like an Instagram page and all this stuff. So called Westfall Athletics, and it's just like you know me and two buddies. Um, well, a third actually, the third one's uh, Canadian. His name's Michael Kosher. He's been like editing photos. He's on my team at Ole Miss. Uh, and he'll probably come wear a singlet soon uh, during this whole like pandemic. You know, you can't really, uh, we can't really be racing official races right now. Mm. Um, but it was just, it was really cool because one, there was like, you know, Nick Willis, like a bronze medalist in the 1500 of the Olympics pacing. 
and then Mason Furlick pacing as well, and then my buddy Casey Nellobart, who uh, was wearing the same singlet as me, and and I just we kind of knew uh, we were up in Flagstaff for a couple months, so we kind of knew we were pretty fit um, going into that race, and I think uh, I think it was just nice because like he they all came back after running 15s and, and miles earlier that day, like an hour or two earlier. Um, so I just knew, like, you know, they're in good shape. They obviously ran these good times in the in the mile, in the 15s there. And uh, and I knew, like, Ben Flanagan was in the race. Uh, I think some 10-man guys were supposed to be in the race, but then they ended up pulling out. Uh, and then, oh, man, uh, there's, like, Jonathan Renwicki. He's, like, a former ASU guy. Um, a lot of really good Brooks Hansen guys in the race. And so I was just like, you know, like, I'm going to try and do no work <laughs> as, as much as possible and, uh, and just allow – um, a lot of people to really pull me through, and I've been coming back like to it. Like I've, I've been at altitude since uh, the middle of March or May, sorry, middle of Mar- uh, May, and I think I may have been down uh, back to Oxford, Mississippi, uh, sea level for like ten days uh, between uh, my two stints up here. Um, and and so I knew like okay, like they say you're supposed to be strong, you're supposed to have all these things, and then. Uh, and, and have a little bit more at the end of a race. So, um, you know, 65 mids uh, wasn't really the goal that day. We were thinking, like, okay, we're going to be able to run 64s today, uh, but the pacing shouldn't go out right for it. And so so I was like, okay, like, still, this is about 10 seconds faster than my, my, my PV, and, and I have to be on it. Like, it's going to get hard, it's going to get hard, it's going to get hard. And, uh, and it just, like, I don't know. Some days you just have a really good day, and, and I don't know if that was, like, a really good day or if like that's just um, like where my training uh, indicated me to be um, because I thought I could run a lot faster but it just never really got uh, too difficult and 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 how you said like it did slow down a little bit Casey ended up being uh, ended up pacing to the 3k which is funny because it's like two pros you know one one Olympic medalist and, and another Nike pro uh, yeah. only pace like 1200 and, and like 2k and something uh, and the collegiate athlete uh, was the one who went the furthest and paced the furthest. So he paced 3K. We came through in like 8, 8, 13, 8, 12, which is about my 3K PR, RPV. And uh, and so I was like, okay, like whatever. I never really want to get 3K indoors anyways. And um, and this year I was I was hurt when I ran 8, 12, uh, or I was coming off injury. Um, so I was like, okay, like I know this isn't too hard. And, and then, you know, Ben just kind of uh, took it from there, and I knew he was like a really good guy. Uh, with pretty good clothing speed, as we saw, like, at uh, 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018, uh, NCAA championships, when he just flew by uh, Vincent Kiprop from Alabama. And uh, and I'd raced the Alabama guys so much, I was like, okay, I know these guys have, like, raw speed. So um, Ben took it, and, you know, we, we slowed down a little bit, and we were just getting, we were kind of like, okay, who's going to take it, who's going to take it, who's going to really go? And I saw there was, like, a group of, like, nine of us, and I was like, ah, man, I got to I gotta go soon, and... And, you know, I just saw, like, a little inside, and uh, inside the inside rail was open with, like, 600 to go, and I was like, like, okay, it's now or never. If he comes past me, I, I know I'll have another gear because I feel really good, and and uh, I think it just never came down to that. It was really I, – I was fortunate on the day, you know, and um, and I I hadn't done too much speed work. I'd maybe done, like, three 200-meter um, reps, like, for, for sessions um, within the last, like, month before mm-hmm. the race. Um, so I was like not too confident, but I knew I was strong and, and I ended up closing like a 127 for the last 600. So I was like, okay, like pretty happy. I think I was like celebrating down the home stretch and stuff. And, and it was just like, uh, it was a good day. It just, it was nice. It was, uh, 
I never felt like uh, like it was too hard. And um, and I don't know. I think altitude paid off. It was like it was like okay, that's like a cheat code. Like I can use it now. <laughs> oh man, that last two hundred was was wild. Like you're you're just uh, like you drop them fairly hard. I mean, I mean, like, okay, so in in the context of you know a race where where you're just burning from from beginning to end, do you do you think there's like a whole lot to to take off there? Yeah, I mean, um, I talked to my coach uh, after the race. It was actually his wedding day, and he like he's like, oh yeah, I'll put the live stream on at the wedding. I was like, don't don't do that. Like, <laughs> and so I was a little out of pressure, but I talked to him. I talked to a couple really good, um, you know, people I know in the running scene. And, and like, and I knew in myself, like, okay, like I'm ready to run 1320s. Um, so it was just kind of like, there was a lot more to give and to know that I could close like that off a pace. that's basically 10 seconds faster than my personal best. I think I'd run two 5Ks in indoors uh, as my last two, two 5K efforts. Um, when I was coming back from an injury and I ran like 1430s and 1440s, and it was like awful. So I was like, okay, like one, I have to be grateful for where I am now, but I know like, how I felt in this race, how I felt in training, um, the way I've been able to handle um, mileage and, and, and living at 7,000 feet for almost three months, uh, I kind of knew that I was in like, you know, 1322 to 1325 shape. And, and I was really just happy because like you can't, you know, you're not, you're not always going to be able to, to be where you want to be or, or, or race to your fitness um, every day. And, and, and a lot of times it's uh, you race to – to a place where you're comfortable and you're happy with, and you usually get a PB, um, or you race and you like pop off way past what anybody thought you you or anybody else thought you could do. So so it's never this line of like, oh, I'm always hitting what I think I should be hitting. And I think uh, like this was one really good step into knowing I'm like, okay, like what's what I'm doing is working, um, and and there's a lot more to give, but that doesn't mean that it all has to come at once. Yeah. I'm- so one thing that I really noticed uh, watching watching the Westfly uh, Athletics vlog was you sounded like genuinely excited when when you mentioned that that Mason and that that Nick were were both going to be pacing this sort of thing. You know, talking with you about the Diamond League and you know in our past conversations, like you're a real fan of athletics. You're someone who really you know consumes the, this stuff. What, what's that been like, you know, like finding yourself in the same place as, as Ben Flanagan and like out kicking him or being in a race where you are being paced by, uh, you know, just such a legend such as, as Nick. Nick Willis. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really cool because you, or for me at least, like I watch so much running content <laughs> all the time or I, I read about it a lot. Um, um, I think it's very underrated to uh, to be a student of, of the sport um, unless you're you know like you're the soccer player, your basketball player, your football player, where where your your team has this uh, this whole you know portion of their training block set out to to watch footage and watch watch video and, and learn how to um, how to how to play certain people, how to um, how to maneuver certain tactics and how to work against certain defense or offenses and stuff. And I, I think I think that's a very underrated thing. A lot of people in running think like um, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to grind, I'm going to run these, you know, awesome, insane workouts for me or for everybody, you know, like depending how amazing you are. Um, and then when I get on race day, like I'm going to let my instincts and, um, my, my training kind of show out, you know, but I think what's like lost on people is like, 
man, if, if there's literal evidence and footage as to how people think and look and train and, and what their tells and transitions into like a kick are, or, or, you know, you see patterns of, okay, this person really in, knows that they're stronger than most individuals, but they may not have the speed or, you know, I, I think it's very simple things because you hear all about all the people that have kicks and you hear like, yeah, everybody else who doesn't have a kick is going to be trying to string it out in the middle of the race. But like, I don't think a lot of people actually pay attention and watch it enough um, to where they uh, they kind of ingrain those things into like their own tactics and and you know obviously when you're having a good day like nothing's really going to stop you it doesn't really matter what anybody else's tactics are or tactics are but um, you know when you're not having a good day it's like it's like how do you cope with it how do you deal with it how do you see other people deal with it and, and if you if you can like really be in tune with um how somebody's gonna race you know like if you if you just feel like complete trash from like 2k in but you know this person's gonna push it to like 4 4.5k because they don't have the most insane closing speed but you have that closing speed and, and you can just grind it out if you're if you're in that kind of fitness then that'll give you all the more confidence to know like okay they are doing exactly what they always do and 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 it kind of adds to your racing you know plethora of knowledge and, and tactics and, and i always find myself uh, i think i watch of course like today you know diamond league days i always watch as much of the stream as i can um without interrupting training but like every other day i'm, I'm consuming some sort of, of of running and and i always try and see who's having the best race it doesn't matter about who wins um you know unless it's obviously a championship race but like if you can if you can consistently see who's taking the shortest line who's doing the least amount of work to get the least, most gain and all that stuff i think it kind of adds to your like comfortability and, and once you envision and put yourself in those situations that's like the kind of thing that like helps you flourish so like you know when i'm racing guys like ben flanagan when i'm being paced by guys like mason for like nick willis it's like okay these guys have done it so right for so long and and the fact that i'm able to to to, to know and understand at least a little bit of, of what ben's doing and that's really going to help me you know line up in this race in a comfortable position to where i know like he's going to do this and, and that'll allow me to do this. And, and I think uh, once you're once people kind of like start doing that and start, you know, analyzing and being students of the sport a lot more, it's like that's when you see people with, you know, really great um, tactics, you know, uh, come forth on, on the scene. It's uh, it's not it's not natural, man. You can't just yeah, you race so much, you work out so much, all this stuff, but it's not like it's not easy to 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 race well. It's it's a very hard thing and I, I don't think people think too deeply about it uh, like as much as they should anyways okay two two videos for you 2008 uh american trials 800 meter and uh steve jones chicago marathon Ooh, i forget what year it is but if you type it into the youtube it comes right up what yeah. what are what are your go-tos when when it comes to like race videos that that really pump you up um okay so there is Dude, there's so many, I don't even know. Uh, okay, uh, Shelby Houlihan's race um, in last year's Doha, 1500-meter um, final. She yeah. ran probably the, I mean, she ran 354 or 5. Um, but she ran probably the smartest, like, best line uh, that entire race. And, and she came up just short coming fourth. And, and I think you can see that now in, like, how she's performing and all those diamond trials and all that stuff. Like, she's on a completely different level. Um, and then always it's... Uh, Every every 
race on a on a world or a, uh, Olympic stage that I've seen of Moment is like, man, that guy that guy knows how to how to run like for yeah. real. Like just there's there's like there's always like this swagger of like he he looks like the kind of person that's done everything right, um, and I think that takes like a lot of time of like excellence. But like he's just never in like really the wrong position, and he's and he's so gutsy. I think I think he's been coming into his own, you know. For the last, you know, eight years, obviously, but but this last year has been, I mean, from Doha on, it's just been like, okay, you can't deny this guy's a real deal, and, I, and, and it's so cool to see like that kind of growth, um, because obviously he's been making world teams since high school, but yeah. but that that instinct and that that knowledge and, and being a student of the of the sport, I think, is is something that he embodies. So oh, for sure, any any race, the Mohammed races, man, like he he's probably one of my favorite runners just because. Every single time he steps onto the track, um, you know, with some obvious exceptions, he is, he gets better every single time. His tactics get better. His fitness gets better. Just, oh, man, easily one of my favorite runners of all time. He's a complete animal on the track. Oh, man, couldn't agree with you more. Um, hey, you know, we, we got to talk about it. There There's that 10,000-meter uh, race, you know, fairly recently. You, you DNF'd. Uh, it was just after after uh, Nashville. What what went on there? You know why why did you decide to pull the plug on that one? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I'm never. I think uh, I think we're gonna talk about the little group that I have going and stuff. And uh, or me and my friends are kind of repping right now and, and trying to uh, make a brand off of. Um, but I think something that's really important is uh, to put yourself out there, and and I think the. The whole, I mean, everything leading up to that race is perfect. Like, I just got in, you know, like somebody scratched, I got in. It was, it was like all a blessing. Um, but just, if I'm gonna be honest, like I, I thought that I was gonna like explode out of both ends <laughs> during that race. <laughs> like, uh, I had a, uh, so I had like a good breakfast, and then, and then for lunch around like four o'clock, like an idiot, I had like a full bowl of Chipotle, and and I don't think for like a year and a half I'd finished more than half. A bowl of chipotle but like that day i was just like oh i'm so hungry anyways rookie move i pulled like a, a high school freshman you know bonk before crossing country me like having the biggest breakfast of life um but yeah no i just i had this like rock in my stomach from maybe 300 meters in i was you know i, I think i ran exactly the race that i would have wanted to run Outside the fact that I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to finish, um, just because I was like, okay, like, what are the odds that I can go to lane four? I can puke and I can not, you know, go out the other side as well. And I was like, oh, probably, probably pretty bad. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna stay in this as long as I can. Got through, I think five can, like thirteen fifty one or two, which is the third time I've ever broken fifteen or uh, fourteen uh, in the in the five k, and two of them were this season, and one was in that ten k. Um, I knew I was in that kind of shape just because I knew I was in 1320s, you know, or, you know, evidence sake, it's like 1337. Um, so I knew I should be able to at least run sub 28 or 28Os. Um, besides my, the entire rock in the right side of my stomach, uh, like my legs felt good and all that stuff. It just, it just like, you know, some days it's not your day. And, and I knew that kind of going in like the warm up. I was burping. I like couldn't really get it out. I tried to use the restroom before what isn't really working for me. Um, but I wasn't going to go and, and sit in that second pack um, and and sit and try and run 14.05, 14.05, trying to just break 28.10. 
um, I knew what kind of shape I was in, and I was like, you know, like if I'm gonna talk all, if I, you know, if I'm gonna tell the meet director that I'm gonna race well, if I'm gonna be training the way that I'm training, if I'm if I'm if I feel as though that I'm ready to run 27:40 or faster, um, then I should go and run that pace and 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 back it up as much as I can. And and I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'll ever try and be the person that like steps on the track and and just takes the easy way out uh, when they're feeling bad. I'd rather you know, go out there, put myself like completely out there and, and vulnerable and, um, and, and allow myself to, to take this risk because like, dude, I'm going to have to run 1344s, no, 1343 high faster if I want to make the Olympics, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if I can't go out on a day that I feel bad and run 1350 to the first 5k and, and not blow up at least in that first 5k, then, then I have no future in the sport. You know, I have no future, um, in the way that I want it to be. Um, so, so I think I walked away with it, obviously super disappointed. And, and I think a lot of people were, were kind of like wondering what was going on with me and uh, after that race. But, but I think it, it's something to be said that, um, that I just don't see the loss and I don't see the, like the failure. I I see it as like a, I'm, I'm going to have to have way bigger balls and go way faster if I want to do anything worthwhile, um, with my career. So, so that's, that's what kind of happened that race. Yeah. You, you know, you're a guy that I, I thought of when, uh, they, they pushed, uh, pushed off the Olympics for a year. I mean, that, that gives you an, you know, another 12 months to, to do something. Yeah. Is, is that something that came to mind to you when, when they said, yeah, no, no, no more 2020. Let's look at 2021 was, did you see that immediately as as some sort of grand opportunity for yourself? Um, I thought I think maybe coming into the off the year that I had before, um, and and leading up until nationals, really when I when I um, hurt my hip flexure in the first K of, of cross country nationals, um, I kind of believed that I was in this place to run twenty eight lows, um, and I kind of thought you know all I need to do is is get on that world ranking, the new world ranking list. You don't have to hit that twenty seven twenty eight. Uh, standard you would just have to be I think 48 to 60 in the world ranking um, with people only eligible to go and then, and then I could be picked as long as I was the second best Canadian um, mm. you know the only person that hasn't standard side Mo and um, and so I think it's always been kind of a goal but then uh, that 2021 sticker was just kind of like a okay dang because I for sure think that I can run sub 2740 you know that that world up World, World Championships in Eugene, 2021 original um, date. But now it's like, okay, if I if I thought I could do that, then I then 2730s within the next years is for sure um, within reach. And and um, and I think there was a lot of of battle uh, back and forth, like mentally and obviously training and racing results wise throughout indoors, where I was running 813, 1440s, you know, coming like almost dead last in a, in, in the three K and the five K at SEC is not, not making the national, uh, squad like I want to for indoors. And then there being no outdoors, there was a lot of like, am I really going to be able to do this? Is this really possible? Um, but now it's just like, 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 you know, I'm going to have to run those big boy times. I'm going to have to go out there. And, and, and so like, yeah, the, I mean, that's completely within reach. I think now, um, I don't think, I think there's a there's a big 10k in December in California, and um, that was the original goal uh, right after Nashville 
I was just to train until then. Um, but then I, ha- I had this opportunity and I, I tried to go get it and I, did, I came ashore. But now it's like, man, I came through 1350. I felt really, really good um, body-wise, leg-wise, all that stuff. Uh, so this, I mean, getting either the world ranking or, or that standard is is completely within reach. It's just about how, how my training goes and, and if I can uh, either, you know, go pro or, or come back uh, to Ole Miss and and kind of work out with some some really great guys on the team there and, and, and try and push it to that next level. Because I feel as though, like, there's this cusp, and and, and I'm getting close. It's just a little, little more. You know, if you're an 8 guy or if you're a 15 guy, uh, you know, this whole you know space between races, that would be, man, that would be such a nightmare. But, you know, being the 5'10 guy, how is, like, this sporadic race schedule – uh, of, you know, maybe there will be, maybe there won't be, maybe there'll be two months apart or three months apart or half a year apart. Like how, how is that, that treating you, you know, mentally and physically moving, like coming back to Flagstaff after 10 days back in Oxford, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had decided, you know, I'm taking a semester off of university. Um, and I'm going to come back for my last semester because of, you know, Corona and all that stuff. I have outdoor eligibility. Um, so I just decided to move to Flagstaff, Arizona. And, and so, uh, man, seeing the, the time frame between races, one, not knowing any races were going to go on, and then, and then about three weeks out, finding out this national race was going to go on and start, I did maybe four really good sessions on the track uh, before uh, going to race. Um, and, just, and now, like, knowing there, there might be a 5K in October, uh, which I really want to go take a crack at 13, uh, you know, sub 13.30, mid 1320s you know um to race there and then, and then knowing there's another full two months um after that if i do race then uh to the 10k it's just like oh you can build so much fitness you know i, I already have like all these ideas of of like you know lake mary uh medium or sorry uh long long tempos and 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 running a certain pace at buffalo for for eight to ten miles and um and just knowing that like uh, I think I think the big difference between you know middle distance and long distance runners is is the I always call it the or I think a lot of people call it the church of the Sunday long run mm. and so how many times you can see God between uh, your last race and your next race is probably how many times you're or how many seconds or whatever you're about to take off or um, so just you know being able to push yourself to the point of like I don't know if if I can finish this or, or man, like today might've been the hardest effort in, in a very, very long time is, is very, uh, rewarding and enticing, um, between training blocks and, and, and big training blocks like this. It's just like, you make leaps and bounds if you do it right. So, so it's very exciting. All right. So, you know, let's uh, talk about Westfly athletics. Uh, like I said, there's that, that video up now. Uh, I watched it on tracky, but, uh, you know, I'm sure if you just type it into, into YouTube Westfly, uh, athletics, you know, if you want to throw some, some, uh, some handles and that sort of stuff, uh, by all means, possibly one of the most entertaining, uh, running vlogs I've seen in quite a while. Explain to me what, uh, what Westfly is and, and why people should check it out. Oh, heck yeah. Um, I think, it's very funny because a lot of people that watch it are either like polarized they're they're one one side or another and I, and I think that's like probably pretty good for for our content and the sport and stuff like that it's just uh it's just me um my my buddy everett smalders um who you know had this brainchild of of wanting to to do more than just make a group he wants to 
you know, kind of do like a whole holistic life thing around it and make a gym, um, nutritional stuff and, and shakes and stuff like that. And, and kind of build around like his dream of athletics um, because he is a pretty successful guy. He's run like 342 for three, and it, he made nationals in the 1500 uh, in the NCAA as a freshman uh, when he was a walk-on. So like, you know, pretty good guy. And then there's Casey Neville Bard who transferred from Southern Utah to Florida State. Um, he's a 358 miler, 340, uh, 1500 guy, but he's like multiple-time All-American. Um, has always made you know the final at, at nationals in NCAA. So it's just you know me and two other really quality guys with with some other guys in the works right now. Um, but but we kind of decided like you know there's there's no more excuses. There's no more like um, you know we're really tired of people uh, saying all these things about how they train and work so hard because in the distance running and running community in general, like everybody works hard, man. Like everybody is out there killing themselves if they're doing it right. You know, like you, you don't always have to work super hard. You can work super smart, but at the end of the day, you're putting in a lot of really quality work and, and into like kind of complain and moan about, you know, your, and, and lick your injuries after every season and say, this is the reason I didn't do something is it just wasn't sitting right with us. And, and we kind of thought there was a market for people that, uh, that kind of wanted to see, you know, some guys that, that could provide some chat, like some, some good old commentary and, and, uh, and and say some things that people are really thinking. So, like, you know, I think we came after Tim Manley kind of hard. That was pretty <laughs> fun. Um, but, I mean, those are every, – every, everybody has to realize, like, you don't have to love everybody in the entire world. And it's not that we, like, hate on anybody or anything in general. But it's just – it's, like, it's fun to poke fun. Um, it's fun to, to, you know, say, like, hey, I'm racing this person and I can't wait to beat them. Because it's not like you're not saying that to your, your close group, your friends, stuff like that. Um, and it's just, it's, I think it's a lot more interesting to, to, you know, to express the emotions of, of, yeah, I want to win today. And, and if I have to beat you and your team to do it, then I cannot wait because I don't truly believe that you're working any harder than I am. So, so I think we put out a little video, uh, we put out two actually, and we're putting out another, I think we're putting out two this week, uh, one about my sunset tour fail. And then, uh, and then we'll have some more content coming through. Casey's actually going to race a mile. Uh, it's pretty low key, so I won't tell you where it's at now. Um, soon, I think um, on the 12th, and then um, and then yeah, we're gonna move on. Just keep on making content and stuff like that. But, but yeah, we we call that Tin Man. I think that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> oh man, did uh, did Tin Man like reach out to you? Did it, I mean, you gotta know some of those guys, right? Like, did did oh, any yeah, of them dude, watch I, it? Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love some of those. I mean, Sydney's a great guy. I like okay, people I know on the team are like uh, Guzman who's, you know, 1321 quality guy. Um, Australian, now Maltese or whatever. Um, Sydney Gattabude, who's a really great guy. Jeff Pease, I met him, he's a great guy. Um, oh, and then Cameron Griffith, he used to go to Arkansas. Like, obviously, rivals go with Ole Miss, but, like, that guy is quality, and he's super fast. But, like, I mean, I think that it's funny because there's, like, maybe somebody or you know a couple somebodies in that group that were kind of uh taken aback by it and uh and and then felt this like why are you even talking all this trash you know like there's no need and they're a very like lovey-dovey group um so maybe that's why um but i mean i talked to jordan guzman about it and, and he was like he's australian and he he basically said like man i love whenever there's like good good chat good banter you know like whenever you can talk a little bit of a little trash and, and then go out and have some fun and 
and so me and that guy like got on really well after that. I think I think he actually started following me after that, and and so had Reed Fisher. Uh, I think we called him out twice, man. We called out, like Reed Fisher for for the five k and the ten k, and he, and he would have beat me in the ten k because I didn't finish. Um, but like it was just you know like those guys were like very like hey like what's up this this is hilarious good luck in your next race it's not uh i think it's more the fans that are kind of like uh it's all or nothing we have to all really be on tin man's bandwagon or or you know we can't support you because you guys are are saying very you know salient things about the this group that that i don't really believe i I think a lot of people um outside of high school athletics uh, start to feel certain certain ways towards groups and people that uh, they constantly put out uh, certain types of content. Um, but you're obviously playing towards high schoolers, and those are the kind of kids that, that watch videos as much as you know as as as, as you need them to, to to be kind of become popular. Oh man, it was it was uh, it was really good stuff. I I, uh, I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, so I guess maybe a little bit beyond the the high school demographic, I would. Uh, I, I hope so. Yeah, I think we we played a people in college and older. Oh man, you know one thing that I want to talk to you about is you know you're running these fantastic times, and you know I th- I think we we talked about it last time we chatted as well too when you, you had those first breakout races, but. Uh, y- you know, you're a guy who is coming in with, with almost like a certain amount of underdog status, you know, like before all this, you know, when we were looking at, at the 5k, we were looking at guys like Luke up here, like Mo up here. Um, you know, you, you hadn't really entered the conversation at all. I mean, like, is that something that, that you find motivation from? Is that, is that something that, that you kind of, kind of gather from, or, you know, is, is that even your perception of things? Well, okay, yeah, I mean, for sure, I think it's really uh, evident uh, when I'm racing. Uh, I think it has been in any race that I've had a really good race and people uh, either in the front or, you know, on the on the sidelines or after the race will be like, oh, like, great job, or like, oh, I didn't even know you'd be there and stuff like that. Um, but it's just kind of, you're right, There, there is no awe and lore about fair Bill Kareem because, I mean, why, why should there be? Um, I've never made it indoor nationals. I've never made it outdoor nationals. Um, I've never placed well in cross. I think I ran like 120 something at NCAA cross last uh, two years ago, and uh, I DNF'd uh, the year before with some injury, and and so it's like I don't really. I mean, even if you call the underdog is is like a huge compliment because it's like oh, like you could even believe that I could be somehow able to to come out on top is 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 huge and and to have that status but um i think i think i've never really drawn on it because i know that there's um not only a lot more for me in the sport but in order to be uh the kind of person even i respect um i would want to be able to see those times of like you know 13 20 minutes i want to be able to see those times 27 40 or faster 20 40s or faster um and so you know, nobody should be worrying about me. Nobody should be talking about me. It's um, it's not humbling. It's not motivational. It's just like the facts. It's like I would never um, say like, oh, this is the next big thing, uh, or this person's the next big thing, and uh, because like you know they have to prove and, and consistently prove that they're that type of person. And so I know that like there's a lot of people that have done really really well in the past, um, and there's people that are continuing doing really well, like you know Justin Knight and Mohamed. Um, on the world stage and, and, and uh, being like complete trailblazers uh, for, for the Canadian running community. Um, and I would rather 
everybody be shocked um, until they're not. You know, that's that's all that matters. Is is like once it's like a normality and, and it's it's just like a part of regular commentary that that fares. You know, one of these guys you should watch on their face. Oh, the team's gonna be um, so and so and Farah for sure. It's like that's that's when you should start talking about me and. Um, and I think it's cool to have people, you know, kind of believe that I'm, I'm in this position to, to maybe get there, but I've always like, I think I've always thought about it as, uh, it doesn't matter how well you do, um, until the end of your career. Um, uh, cause I was never, like, I, I never made any teams, uh, when I was in high school or, or anything like that. Uh, I didn't even make the cross country team in elementary school. I barely made it my first year, uh, for my seventh grade year. I was never the best in Ottawa until you know the 10th grade or 11th grade and and then that's when I finally won cross country and, and then I wasn't even really the best in in Ontario um and maybe got, I got one very low-key indoor national title in the 3k you know my 12th grade year and uh and so like there's there's nothing really to be like shocked about it's just it's like cool you know like but but I feel like as long as I keep on having this forward momentum and, and keep on improving then uh then in a couple of years man like like there's gonna be you know when i keep on putting on kits and i, and I keep on making teams uh, that's that's when it's like that's when i want to be recognized you know when, when i want people to say like yeah like he was never insanely the best but he's an olympian or he's a he's a world uh, world championship finalist now and, and i think that's what matters more and people should be more focused on that um is like longevity and consistent growth uh, within your within your field because like it doesn't matter if you're the best in high school dude it doesn't you, you're not the best in college or it doesn't matter if you're the best in college you go to the world stage as soon as these guys go pro they're completely stomped on so um i'd rather make it finally when i'm whatever age but i'd rather make it as like an olympian or, or a world world championship you know uh competitor so yeah totally totally Hey, you know, with the, with the pandemic and everything, what, what's the whole situation with with Ole Miss? Like, do you have any more eligibility left? Where, where do you stand as far as that goes? Yeah. So I have, I have outdoors, uh, for next, uh, semester. Uh, so for 2021 outdoor season, I have that. Um, I don't have indoors across, uh, it looks like NCAA is proposing not even having indoors this year. So that's, thank God. Um, and then for cross, um, the NCAA is official officially canceled um, any kind of uh, national meet and and uh, and whole season. Um, but uh, the SEC, I think ACC and Big Twelve or Big Ten, I forget which one, whichever one with Oklahoma State in it and Iowa State, um, decided that they would have uh, an in-season season, so from like the middle of September to early November. Um, but none of it would count towards um, anybody's like, eligibility be taken because the wrestling ensemble isn't using their eligibility. So it's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not really missing out on anything. I mean, besides training with 15 of my best friends. Uh, but yeah. Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Hey man, it's, it's always been cool to, to watch you race and uh, was really psyched when I, when I saw that 5k result for sure. And uh, had to get you on the show and, and Hey man, really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate it Thank a lot. You. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's uh, a couple things. Uh, I'm living up here now uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, I think I'm training with a bunch of good people, and um, but yeah, some races to really watch out for uh, that have been like you know touted are the the December fourth and fifth. Uh, I think that's when you can start getting the Olympic standards. Um, so there's supposed to be a really really fast 5k and 10k down uh, in LA Sunset 
or, or this put on by the same people as the Sunset Tour. Gotcha. Um, so I think they'll be gone for like 27, you know, 30, and then a group gone for 27, 40 uh, for that because you can get both uh, both year standards, I think, um, uh, for, for Worlds and the Olympics. I might be wrong, but I know the Olympics for sure. Um, and then there's a race in October in Nashville, uh, a 5K. And, um, and so I haven't, I haven't gotten a specific date on that one yet, uh, but that's what I'm really training for now. I think I took uh, the last four to five days off uh, as my first break since December when I came back from my injury. Um, so, you know, going to take it take it day by day, but I think I could be really fit uh, to go do something there. And, and if that national doesn't, race doesn't happen, then I think we're going to put on a, a little live stream uh, action on the, the Westfly page. Um, in Oxford, Mississippi, and I'll fly down there that same weekend, and I'll just gonna have one set idea for for a really good 5k effort and try and go for a really fast time. So, um, yeah, a lot of things to come, but but yeah, man, there's a it's 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 a I think it's a really trying time in 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 life in general. Um, but man, everybody's seeing you know there's guys like John Gay completely popping off, breaking four and and running 13:25, I think in a, in a a time trial um out on the west coast and then there's you know obviously a bunch of other people in the world getting way better uh jake whiteman breaking 330 you know in the 1500 just just like so many amazing results from from really quality people and i think it's really going to show whenever there's any races officially back on um when more people can get in it that there's going to be all these people that um kind of had this lull in motivation and training um, and all these people that, man, put their put their like mind to it, their nose to the grindstone, and just like completely killed uh, the last six, eight, however many months until until we're back to normal and racing everybody again. And uh, and I think those are the kind of people that are really going to take the sports to the next level because because that kind of commitment uh, during times like these is is like is what you need. That that's obviously why guys like Josh Josh guy are breaking world records. You know what I mean? And Mo Farah is ready to break uh, broke a world record. So Stefano Sam like. The best in the world don't stop. So why, why should anybody else? You know, why should we even think we had the luxury to? So, fair enough, fair enough. At Westfly, that's W E S F L Y dot Athletics. Uh, you can find them on on Instagram with that handle. It's same same for Twitter too, right? Yeah, same for. Uh, no, we don't have Twitter uh, because I think that'd be hectic uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, and then uh, we have a YouTube page uh, under that same name. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Mine is Sane Insight. Uh, I think I'm going to change that handle because people can't really find me. It's really funny. Um, and then Casey Neville Bard, uh, just his his whole name on Instagram, and, and then Everett Smalders, uh, E-V-E-R-R-E, however you spell Everett, and then period Smalders. But you can find us all on the Westfly page. Um, man, there's a lot of content coming out soon. We're, uh, we're going to do like giveaways, and uh, we're, we printed a lot of really good tees. And obviously with the NCAA, um, being this juggernaut of, of amateur athletics, you can't really make a profit off your name until 2021. But uh, but there's definitely a lot of, of merchandise to be given away, um, a lot of raffles and stuff to come. And and uh, I think this is going to be a really good way for for me and my buddies to kind of get a good amount of recognition and um, and, and and noise around us as as like our careers go on and and to see where that takes us in our professional careers because I, I don't I don't see it going any other way. Hey, thanks for joining us and big thanks to Farah. If you like what you hear, spread it with your teammates. That's how we keep this thing going and keep the fantastic guests coming. 
You can find us on all the podcast apps and YouTube now as well. And be sure to follow our socials at The Terminal Mile. I'm Michael Rokas, and this is The Terminal Mile. And any way you can, remember, support your local Twilight.